Friday Night Smackdown podcast in the shadows. Split doing the damn thing. WWE. Who was we at last night for Smackdown Live? Well, part of me, Friday Night Smackdown. Oh, we were out in the great, great fight city of Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Great crowd, a lot of great energy. You could definitely feel that Smackdown technology, you know, really just firing on all cylinders as far as that crowd went and the cameras picking up all of the good stuff. Man, I thought it was a, a pretty cool show, you know, leading in the Survivor Series. Uh, might not be as well received by other aspects of the WWE Universe, but, I mean, when you have certain entitlement issues to what you want and you're not thinking about what everyone else wants, and I mean WWE being like a form of entertainment, well, sports entertainment variety, you know, reaching out to so many diff- different demographics, you know, and, you know, going through the ups and downs of any business, um, you know, like, complaining is fairly short-sighted, <clears throat> so, anyway, just think, I thought it was something to share, but, open up the show, King Corbin, again, um, before we even get into all of the crazy details, I'm just, uh, I'm, I'm very happy to see Baron Corbin, you know, being positioned as a solid heel on the main roster. I want to say it's great heat he gathers, you know, from the crowd. Some people call it the go away heat. I don't think I would go that far, you know, because I think he's, he's, he's intentionally supposed to piss you off. <clears throat> Excuse me. And in um, in the modern era that we're in, you know, this is just this is every day. This is just just part of the job. So, you know, shots to my man Corbin came out on what they called the sedan. Had the people carrying him. You know, the only thing that would have been better is a queen of the ring and having a bunch of dudes carrying out the you know female. I would I could see Charlotte doing something like that. We've seen it before. <clears throat> but, you know, maybe eventually there'll be some sort of, you know, WWE style mix on that. Either way, Corbin comes on out. He's carried out by a whole bunch of cronies. And um, it was it was comical. Made me chuckle to myself a couple of times. And um, it was it was cool. Comes out, uh, you know, cuts his promo. He's in the ring with Ziggy and Root. I like how Ziggy is... Uh, just latching on to up and comers. I think that's um I think that's great for uh where this Ziggy character is gonna go because one thing that's for sure, regardless of how we may feel about him from a week to week, quote unquote we feel, you know, but regardless of how he's seen in the WWE universe, one thing is he's Hall of Fame bound. You know, like, he's totally going to be there one day. And the level of respect that everyone is going to pour out for this man, you know, is definitely going to be well-earned, well-deserved. And I'm honestly, uh, I'm not rushing it, (laughs) you know, but I do, I have really enjoyed just watching the, you know, the, the progression of Dolph Ziggler, whether it's not in the most favorable directions 
you know, or, you know, the other way. But either way, he's in there with Robert Roode. He's in there with Corbin. They're both, well, all three of them are basically uh, pretty much hyping up this this big dog talk. Corbin talking shit. Oh, my God. This, this little uh, Roman Reigns chihuahua track. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, it's comical enough. Uh, talking about Shorty G, talking about Ali. Are we glad that we got to see these guys tag up? And, you know, actually get to show a little bit more of the team chemistry that they have naturally. Uh, it's good stuff. But either way, this is good stuff because Roman gets called out uh, and music hits and out comes a, a, a mascot. It's a, a, what, a white guy in a dog costume and he does the whole Roman thing. And I mean, it was... It was corny enough to just be hilarious for me, you know, with the whole, with all of the poses. But you know how I know that wasn't Roman? I knew it wasn't Roman because there was no fist pad in pyro. You ain't fooling me, Vince. <laughs> but, um, yeah, good stuff, though. Yeah, he came out, did the stupidness, and, um... I, did this bring out Gable and Ali? No, I believe they came out after the commercial break. Either way, uh, tag team action, Rude and Ziggler taking on Ali, Shorty G. Look at that. And only calling it because it sounds good with the other name. You know, like the Ali G show is an old show. But Ali, Shorty G, it, it kind of fits, kind of, but good shit, Chad. Shouts to you. But um, they had a, a good match, you know, the tag matchup. It was fun. They had awesome moments, all four gentlemen. Roman eventually comes out when I believe Corbin was uh, was starting to get in, starting to interfere, something like that. Either way, Roman did come out. He was trying to keep calm. He didn't want to ruin the match. You could tell, and I thought that was a real, real nice little, uh, you know, professional undertone. Like, Roman didn't want to come out and mess things up or cause disqualification. You know, I believe if Rude and Ziggler won, then they would be added to the team, taking the place of Ali and Shorty G. And Ali and Shorty G wanted to prove that they belong, even though, I mean, it's pretty evident at that point. Like, these guys are, you know, phenomenal talents. They definitely won against Team Hogan. They had a good, uh, they have had a good couple of weeks. You know, they've gone in there. They've had great energy. And um, when Corbin is in, uh, uh, tries to interfere, Roman comes through with the drive-by. Uh, Corbin tried to go run at him or run at somebody, throw a clothesline in, uh, ducked it, and ran directly into a spear. That tope, that tope, that was one of the best topes I've seen in a while from, uh, what was that, from Ali. It was great distance on it, and I'm really not even that big of a fan of the tope so we see the move i, I usually think it's kind of just silly but not this time around it looked great robert rude sold it we see robert rude sold it beautifully with just the flying over the table the camera angle was perfect that was a great spot for it and um that always like i believe the the oh the closing sequence started off with that drive-by spot as soon as corbin interfered but the close sequence saw the deadlift German into a 450 
from uh, Ali and Chad, but um, it was definitely a, a good matchup. So great opening stuff. I believe backstage. Oh, you have to fix it. Oh, how, how are these guys yelling at the king of? Uh, <laughs> I was about to say the smack their world, uh, but um, hey, right, go tune in the backstage. Anyway, shouts to King Booker and, and Nene. Uh, you know, bringing it, bringing on. And bringing Punk back, and I will reserve commentary until uh, until later on. I think that's fair. But um, like, uh, wait, well, if anyone is uh, anyone is aware, anyone been rocking with the podcast for a while, um, how could I say it? I, I keep that same energy usually wherever I go. So if I'm talking my shit, I'm talking my shit. Hey, you know, let's not even say it like this. Let's say this. I felt the same way about Rey Mysterio coming back. Smackdown 1000. And I'm going to just leave it there. You know what I mean? I respect Rey Mysterio on a on a very, very high level. You know, I always did, always will. And I was a little upset that he left and came back. You know, but he was going, he had to hone his craft, he did his thing. I know that Punk has somewhat been on the same path, but, you know, we need... We we just gonna see, you know. I don't really want to say too much. It's definitely a, a delicate situation, and we'll see how uh, things continue to progress. But yeah, all in all, good segment. Oh yeah, so they're backstage, and oh, go fix it. They're telling the king of the the Friday Night SmackDown on Fox Universe to go and fix the issue, and making reference to the dog like he needs to be neutered or some shit and in my head I'm just like man I wonder if that dog could still have kids right now I wonder if he'll still be able to have kids after this you know like uh shoot I've got one I'm shooting for two to four and I bet you I bet you that uh I make it happen so shouts to the big dog shouts to Roman Reigns shouts to all other participants it was a good matchup it was fun stuff uh, I guess we're just keeping something to do for Braun. And uh, Tyson Fury is a very busy man being the lineal heavyweight undefeated world champion of the world in boxing. No no disrespect. He's not even really trying to joke around saying that. But, um, you know, he went in there and uh, beat up Drew Gulak and the B team. Seen if things are forming here. I, like, I just like that everybody had something to do, you know, somewhat. It's good to see Drew, you know, being utilized on the main roster, even, you know, if we've seen that already. And I'm not even saying that, you know, to complain or, you know, feel entitled. It's, it's what it is. I thought it was okay. You know, it's a good segment just to, you know, pass things by. So, good stuff. Uh, New Day rematch tag championships for uh, against the Revival. Uh, did it for Woods. Get well soon, Xavier Woods. Austin, you know, you, you got this, bro. Let's go. Let's go. Don't don't get me started. But um, yeah, very very uh, very cool match. Ended in disqualification. The undisputed era uh, came out. Who was it? Eric, uh, Adam Cole and Roderick Strong uh, beat up Kofi, Kyle O'Reilly, and Bobby Fish took out Big E and the rest. This brings out a piece of the SmackDown uh, locker room and. 
you know, the, the beatdown ensues, and they run off the NXT guys, but I wouldn't really say ran them off like they looked weak or something like that. You know, it was just, uh, you know, it was it was good stuff, fairly standard, and builds to Survivor Series. So I'm very, very happy that uh, they were all able to make that happen. But yeah, uh, good, good, good stuff. And it was a fun tag team match, you know, nothing out of the out of the ordinary, but it was definitely uh, good stuff. So, yeah, New, New Day uh, took that beat down. Uh, Big E, uh, how can we say it? Clearly, everybody sees everyone. So, uh, let's do our best to be as uh, professional as possible. Uh... Let's uh, think to self about what the next match was. Move on into the next segment. They all want Big E to go on a singles run, but I think uh, huh, I think I think Big E lacks focus, especially if he's so focused on uh, trying to reenact. You know, whether it comes from the tippy top or not, you know, I think we've all got bigger things to focus on than, you know, trying to, how can we word it, uh, copy greatness, <laughs> but whatever, into the next one, next, next match, please, Very, very good matchup. Fun little tag team matchup between Tom and uh, the Undisputed Era. Before I even start getting into this, you know, they did great. You know, NXT was de- well represented last night. I was quite proud of them, you know. And, uh, you know, the Revival, were they were there, you know. And I don't want these guys to turn into, look, feel, nor seem like an afterthought at all. You know, it's... Uh, just, you know, we'll, we'll just have to see how these guys continue to evolve, you know, if they're to remain, you know, with the company. We'll, we'll just have to see how it goes. I'm not seeing, um, I'm not, I'm not seeing the, like, we know that they've got it in the ring. We know that they've got it on the microphone. So now it's just scripting them to be, you know, uh, compelling characters. And... I mean, I enjoy the in-ring work, you know, but perhaps maybe they don't have the look. I don't know. And I'm talking from, like, a WWE Universe standpoint. Excuse me. Like, this, from the WWE Universe standpoint, like, there's some sort of disconnect. And it is a little unfortunate because, you know, these guys are really top talents, you know. And hopefully, you know, there can be something that can be, you know, figured out to have everyone you know, happy and continue to build the tag team division because they're part of it, you know, like, but for right now, it just seems like they subbed in for the Usos, like, damn, you know, like, you don't want that, you know, you want to add to it, you don't want to just transfer one in because we got one out, regardless of whether or not everybody's a cog in the machine, but either way, but if we get into the next matchup, where it was, uh, was it Otis and Tucker took on uh, Kevin Tibbs and 
Kip Stevens. Quick beatdown. Uh, fun little match. Otis and Tucky. You know, they went in there, they did the thing. I'm not... Uh, I'm. We just waiting to see when the storylines happen with these guys. Uh, right now, just to have them in there and doing their thing and have them shown, it, it's, a, it's a good reaction from the crowd with both sides, you know, with Otis and Tucker. So we'll just uh, continue to see how things continue to build with them. But uh, all in all, it was, uh, you know, pretty good stuff. I believe we got into the women's matchup next with uh, Nikki Cross and Bailey. And if Nikki Cross were to win, then she would be added to the women's SmackDown team for Survivor Series. Okay, not bad. Uh, good backstage interview from uh, with Sasha and Bailey. Uh, fun stuff. Just uh, you know, having them, you know, just just talk. You know, do they think? Hey, Sasha, what up, Bailey? You're my shiro. Um, I, I, you know, it was good stuff. They went in there. We seen them go at it before. Match just was getting started good, and we got uh, NXT Women's Champion Shayna Baszler uh, out to the ring. To she came from backstage. It was just getting crazy how they were all just coming from nowhere. Everybody was coming from. You know, from the crowd and such like that. That's what I meant to say. So that was um, that was pretty uh, interesting enough because you weren't expecting it, but you don't know what's gonna happen, and that's kind of been what the build has been with the entire. Oh no, no, we're not gonna call it an NXT invasion, ladies and gentlemen. We're gonna call it the NXT takeover. Doesn't that make more sense? So uh, yeah, you know, ladies come out. We had Dakota. We had yeah, we had, uh, what is it, pardon me, I don't want to forget any of these ladies, I just really started paying attention to the NXT product, so pardon me if I forget anybody, but yeah, we had Dakota Kai, Yim, uh, Tegan Knox. uh, who else, who is that fourth person, man, I'm a little upset that it slipped up my mind right now, ah, Rhea Ripley, pardon me, and then we had Bailey, Sasha, uh, was it Dana Brooke and it was one more who was it Sasha in there and they had a four on four you know so eight woman tag uh, I'm you know have with, with guys in the match I just call it a lot of beef you know uh you know just quoting the the chairman you know but golly four beautiful women Four beautiful women, but four more beautiful women, you know, so we got eight ladies in the ring, and they're just, you know, completely kicking ass, NXT was excellent this week, you know, me and Yemen superstar of the week, and then she went back in there, you know, on Friday night, just two days after that hellacious ladder match that she took part in against Io Shirai, and, you know, you can see her all taped up, you can you know she was bruised. You know she was banged up. Just just fatigued, but she went in there and handled it like a true pro and looked like she didn't miss a step. Uh, small mishap with Dakota and Tegan. I definitely watch the NXT product differently than I watch the main roster product. I'm, uh, you know, not watching with a critical eye, but I'm definitely watching the, uh, the polished product of Tough Enough. So I'm seeing... 
you know, all of the practice that really goes into the performance center. And, you know, as the weeks go by, realizing just how much of a difference it is would be an over on NXT's side to, you know, uh, transferring over to the main roster. And it's just like, man, it, it's, you know, it's definitely levels. Like, it's a, it's a very, very high mountain to climb. But I'm glad that they went in there and they were able to, you know, do their thing and, you know, show off. It was small, small mishaps, but it's just the excitement in the moment. Everyone wanted it, you know, as far as I'm concerned, you know, like they went in there and they showed that they cared about the matchup, you know. Uh, who was this? Uh, players of the game was Sasha and Rhea Ripley. They both went in there and they were working together so well just so well and um i was i was happy to see that uh we we were getting that you know just just great great in-ring action i would like to see more of that from the women's superstars and i think that this slew of nxt ladies are really or the ones that are being promoted right now highlighted i think that they're gonna totally be uh something to pay attention to as they make their transition over to the roars and smackdowns uh, sometime in the eventual future. No rush. Hey, take your time with him. Continue to nurture and build. Mr. McMahon, keep your eyes and your hands to your goddamn self. And I'm one to be talking. But, uh, yeah, it's uh, it was good stuff. I'm not going to sit here and go into favorites on the NXT women's roster. I refuse to. You know, I feel, I feel the same about them all. But I like them all differently for very different reasons. I do not have a particular favorite flavor of ice cream. And I think that's best. You know, like, I'm a Sasha and Bailey guy. I'm a full horsewoman guy. We love Charlotte and Becky. You know what I'm saying? So as far as what's going on on NXT with the women's division, I'm, I want them all to continue to grow naturally and organically at once, you know, more time does pass, you know. Like we'll we'll can we'll just we'll can we'll just speak on the fire how we follow them and you know where we see their progression at. Like you just don't want to be biased or like I said, just have any favorites because who we who didn't we see? We didn't see Bianca Belair last night. You know, we didn't uh, see EO. Maybe she was still banged up from uh you know from the ladder match with Mia Yim. But I will say that this week Mia Yim totally is NXT Superstar of the Week. No questions asked. Uh, a lot of the ladies did come out, though, and the SmackDown Women's Locker Room after the matchup definitely, uh, you know, tried to take control and did. Held the ring, as I believe Michael Cole called it. So, uh, yeah, great stuff. I, I enjoyed it. I was happy to see the ladies get in there and do their thing. Power moves, power shots. Old school finishers that I haven't seen in a while. Like, wow, LOL, me and Yim doing the Jordanzo. Like, what? And we all know it has, like, a different name and such like that. But I remember that being the Jordanzo. And then it's like, like, that that move literally follows, like, the urban character in the WWE superstar roster universe list. But whatever, right? All in all, like I said, good stuff, good matchup. You know, I'm happy that everyone was uh, highlighted in the way that they was. And nobody looked weak, in my opinion. 
I thought that everybody went in there and they did their thing. Uh, yeah, I want to call out who who we got the eyes on, but mm-mm, we're just going to allow this to happen naturally and progressively because I don't want anyone to. Uh, I don't. I don't. I don't book the product, nor do I create the product. You know, I try to add it my small way with, you know, doing my thing, doing this. But, uh, yeah, I'm just going to hold all uh, commentary on the women's roster of NXT until, you know, like we've got a champion. I'll say this. Rhea Ripley totally looks like she's ready to captain the ship. You know, we'll, we'll just leave it there. But I'm, uh, I'm, I'm definitely uh, optimistic about the direction things will be going in. Everybody had a great moment. Oh, it's Carmella. I apologize, Mella. Uh, definitely forgot she was in the match, but she was in the match, and she did a great job also. Had a great uh, super kick spot. It's a fun moment, and, you know, it was so much going on, you don't want to overshadow anyone. So everyone did equally as good of a job. Uh, next segment we got into was... Uh, Bray Wyatt and his Firefly Funhouse friends get into a fierce debate with Daniel Bryan on Miz TV. Uh, hey, man, this episode of Friday Night SmackDown flew by for me. I almost want to get into 205 before we get into the main event segment, you know, in fairness to the energy of a main event. But, um, yeah, I, uh, uh, yeah, so let's get into the 205 real, real fast. Uh, 205 opened up with whom? I believe it was Gentleman Jack Gallagher taking on Angel Garza, who has been growing on me in uh, the recent weeks. He, we all know he had that classic. I will almost go as far as to say match of the year candidate against uh, Leo Rush for the NXT Cruiserweight Championship. I'll say it again. It was exactly what I was thinking. If I could write a letter to Triple H, you know, about how Angel Garza has, I wouldn't say improved or nothing like that, but how the NXT superstars are, uh, you know, just coming along. I'd say that I didn't like Garza at first, but I but through that match I realized that there's so many talents and so many superstars and so many people, but only so many spots, you know, that can be filled. Like we all know these guys can go in there and go, but there's so much more that goes into it than just being like a good in-ring performer. So I realized that there are superstars that actually can do it. It's just whenever these guys tell them that it's okay to pull that trigger. They pulled that trigger with Garza on uh, Wednesday, and he had a classic with Leo. We all know Leo got it. Stay humble, bro, but there's no question. There's no question. It's there. He moves the people. He moves the people. Leo Rush, man. We've been calling it from day one with him. But now that he's NXT Cruiserweight Champion and the crowd is, you know, somewhat tired, there is a level of familiarity, excuse me, familiarity, if that is the way it's supposed to be said. 
but there is a level of, uh, you know, recollection with Leo Rush in the crowd. So the people definitely respond to him. He's got the he's got the energy. He's got the look of a cruiserweight champion, and it'll be interesting to see who uh, tries to step up to him next. So um, yeah, Angel went in there, and I I enjoy. Pardon me, the Latino Tony Stark. You know, doing this thing against Gentleman Jack. Now the matchup went in Angel Garza's favor, but I can't front. I was honestly thinking that uh, who was it? I was thinking that uh, Jack Gallagher, the Gentleman Jack, was gonna go vicious. You know, he has such a very mean streak to him when he does turn up, and that's something I've always noticed about him. But he didn't go that direction. I believe it was what like some quick roll up finish or something like that so he didn't look too weak he looked like he got distracted i think it was him just being too in the moment and having fun with being in control or having the momentum just for that brief brief stint so angel garza took advantage and got the one two three victory like oh man how's this what so gentlemen jack not even gonna go crazy he was a little mad. He was ready to get at Aiden. Aiden stood his ground, just calling it how he sees it. But I will say, uh, take the thespianism from a five to about a three. Just, just saying, Aiden, you, you already know. We, we, we here, bro. We, we here. This, you know, like Viva La Rasa, man. Yeah, like we, we here. But uh, Rasa being thespianism. But no, like jokes aside, you know, it was just a little bit of stuff, but. What was his name? John Cuesta? JQ? Him and Aiden did great together. They were uh, they were on the money. They were the, the chemistry seemed natural from the earliest going. You know, they were finishing each other's lines. They were saying things at the same exact time. And I'm just there listening like, wow. You know, like when, from when I heard Aiden up front at the top of the show, I'm saying, wow, yo, look, Aiden, I, I, he, this is his shot. And if I were to give it a grade with a 6.5 passing, I would give Aiden a solid 7.9. I think that's fair. You know, and um, you know, like I said, just just take it down from a five to a three. It's just like King earlier this week. Great on commentary, much better than we all uh expected. You know, like I had, I don't want to say high hopes or high expectations for King, but you know, it's like you don't move the same when you get older sometimes. So how is he gonna move? It doesn't look too much like King lost a step. You know, it just looked like it, it looks like his content had to change only because, you know, the of the era we're in. So um yeah, like using finicky a million times, but actually shutting it down right before it gets too annoying. You know, that was good stuff. And you know, you could actually almost feel the same thing with Aiden last night on commentary. And, you know, him and him and Cuesta did a good thing. They 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 did a great job. Just great job. Uh Bollywood Boys was in action against some rando and uh picked up the victory. 24-7 championship was on the line, so now uh, Samir and Sunil, the longest reigning 24-7 champ. Man, look, I uh, I'm not gonna say what to do or how it should be done. I'm I'm indifferent, you know, I'm unbiased as possible you know so they're definite they have their moments where they're extremely funny but 
you have to sit through it for a little second. But let him keep that confidence because that is something that is going to actually get that act over, in my opinion. Obviously, pick up the win over the enhancement talent. Um, it was funny enough. And, yeah, they, they, they got that victory. So, yay, longest reigning 24-7 champions. Good job to those two. Uh, we get into the main event with uh, Leo, NXT Cruiserweight champion, and Raul Mendoza, who is, uh, I mean, now that we've got this guy, now that we've got guys like Swerve, you know, being highlighted on NXT television, the thought that comes to mind is, you know, it's just a reminder of how this this process goes. You know, how the opportunities will always be there. You know, you go through a season and, you know, the leaves fall off the trees. You know, then eventually leaves uh, do come back, you know, but they're back and they're brand new. It's not the same leaf. That's I think that's a way to call it maybe an analogy, you know, but now we've got a new slew of cruiserweight superstars i enjoy this i think that is i think it's really cool to you know have these guys that you know are being added to it and it's utilizing the talent in a way that uh you know it that you wouldn't think that they'd be utilized in you know superstars getting opportunities man and that's that's really what this is all about and i'm glad that 205 live wasn't canceled because we got guys like this now it doesn't hit as hard these past couple of episodes, as it did back in the early going. Not as many storylines, it's just showcasing, you know, athletic prowess and talent. So, I'm, I'm not, you know, I'm not mad at it. I'm not mad at how, you know, it's been going. I'm, I'm thinking it's cool. And Mendoza, look, man, he got the spark. He's quick. He's strong. He's got a cool chemistry with Leo in a way. They have a very respectful rivalry, slight you know, it's a healthy respect, healthy rivalry also. But, um, yeah, good stuff, man. Raul and Leo went in the end of day thing against, uh, excuse me, against Tony Nese and Davari De Niro. And, you know, they had a cool little match. It was fun stuff. Final hour picked up the victory, I believe. And, yo, man, don't sleep on Mendoza. I think that was really what the match was about. We were definitely familiar with the three other superstars so to have Mendoza out there doing the thing you know and being in there with you know certain just solidified vets you know like on the cruiserweight roster you know I thought that was really cool stuff I thought that was uh I thought that was cool I thought it was good man it was it's humbling for me you know because I follow these superstars in a way with the product you know, not the IG, social media, Instagram stuff, you know, or Facebook or what I don't, I don't do that, but I, you know, follow them in ring and I try to, you know, understand where their journey is at from an in ring and out of the ring perspective, you know, inside and out, inside and out of storyline space. So yeah, it was, um, it was cool stuff. That was the main event, you know, uh, Leo feels like it's his time now, you know, and the crowd responded. You know, the crowd responded a lot also. So, uh, you know, that was 205 Live. I'm happy to, you know, I'm happy to still watch, you know, and look at so many different opportunities. Like, 205 Live is the land of opportunity. She, Champa talking that NXT is the main roster talk. You know what I mean? Like, me and Yim backing it up and then going and giving us a, a another classic on the evening. You know, like, if you had... Uh, 
if you had, what is it, uh, middle grade uh, meats and cheeses, you definitely had some high-end sandwich meat, or sandwich bread, pardon me, for NXT this week. And, uh, yeah, it was good stuff. So that was NXT. So now, main event, SmackDown, Friday, all Fox, Miss TV. I'm happy that Miss TV got a main event segment. That's just me. I like the Miz. I've been, you know, following the Miz for years just for my own space from him on the real world all the way with, with, the, with the goddamn fedora all the way up to now, you know? So, uh, what's he on real world with the fedora? I don't even remember. But I know that he was doing a lot of things, hosting stuff on MTV and such like that. So, he's just such a, you know, complete superstar, you know? It's, it's really cool. So, he continues to be awesome and inspire others you know, to continue being awesome too, so, it was cool to have Miss TV on there, old DB said Miss TV sucks, boy, if you ain't on Miss TV, you ain't making shit, that's an old quote, and I believe it to be true, so, um, yeah, you know, storyline writing, who writes this stuff anyway, um, (laughs) it's, uh, it was good stuff, we had a Daniel Bryan calling out mental instabilities. Like, man, if this is if this is meant to uh to get a crowd engaged, I mean, it, it it's a way to keep them paying attention. You know, I personally have my own stance on, you know, mental instability and capability, but I think it starts getting into forms of knowledge that aren't popularly aren't popular right now, but, uh, what is it, you know, it could be boring, but I mean, living in the third dimension, you know, (laughs) are we really, are we really going to rely on our brains when we got hearts also brain power is what the electricity in the brain can pass. And this is a smart guy we're talking to DB, you know, so what the brain could probably power a light bulb. Meanwhile, the heart could potentially power a laptop. Hey, I mean, I'm just talking, though. I could be completely wrong on that. But I, I don't think my knowledge is too off-kilter or off-base in saying that. So when it comes to mental instabilities and such like that, you know, Miz thinks that Daniel Bryan is attacked because of that part. And it's like, well, uh, well Daniel Bryan thinks that Bray Wyatt goes through the same mental instability. Now, if we just keep this a little more mundane, <clears throat> uh, everybody's a little crazy. Shit. I call it early. I'm a little crazy. Uh, shit. NXT Superstar of the Week, me and Yim is a little crazy. Taking the motherfucking bumps and the shots with the ladder the way she was. Uh, who else could be a little crazy? Uh, William Reed could be a little crazy. Putting together this War Games match the way he did. Who else could be a little crazy? Shoot. Uh, Dana Brooke could be a little crazy. We're not really pushing this flex appeal. Shit. With all due respect. Mr. McMahon could be a little bit crazy. Just because you don't even know how much trolling y'all be doing. It's like this man trolls the whole night. And then at the very end, he'll say something to commentary. Commentary will say it. And then it's like he just took his entire bow in front of the entire stage and you should all clap and be happy or laugh about it which is what I did I just don't laugh out loud too hard because I'm not gonna give the troll food either way we love you Mr. McMahon 
Um, everybody's a little crazy. I think Bray Wyatt is one of the most sane people in the motherfucking locker room right now. If he wasn't, if he wasn't sane, then how's he champion right now? And Daniel Bryan just as damn sane because he said, you ain't got to try to make me join the Yes Movement again. If I wanted the Yes Movement to start, the Yes Movement to start. The people already want the Yes Movement. What I'll do, though, is I'll challenge you for your championship, which is blue now, by the way. I heard a really good one. It said the Blue Universal Championship. Ha, not bad. <laughs> not bad at all. But yeah, it, it, it looks nice. SmackDown's a blue brand. New championship. Blue is a lighter. It's a it's an easier color on the eyes. So um, I'm I'm not I'm not against it. I thought it was pretty cool to you know have all that. You know. So now we got our universal championship match set up. Only thing I would have said after Bray Wyatt had his moment at the end of Miz TV, uh, just copying off of Daniel Bryan doing the yes thing and all that. I'd have said that was weird because it was getting. Oh, just quite uncomfortable, you know, listening to this guy scream that. But uncomfortable and a com- let's say comically uncomfortable. Like, oh my god, this is so weird now. But it was it was funny, you know. Like that's that's part of it, and and it's supposed to be somewhat annoying or whatever. But good stuff from uh, Bray with uh, just 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 being Bray and knowing how to use that character with jumping through. And jumping from, you know, emotion to emotion, just showing how uh, how the mentally stable mind works. Or instable, pardon me. You know, you never know how it needs to be worded just to make sure the crowd feels it. I mean, I feel nothing. I just know this. So, with that, that was SmackDown Live. Shout out to everybody to bring you the podcast each and every week. Vince, you goddamn genius. Everybody running around, interfering on brands, Survivor Series. I'm just sitting here like, what in the wild card? The whole week through. This entire build has just been so bananas. But yeah, man, shouts to WWE for giving us that one. Giving us these cool shows. You don't like them? Well, that's just too fucking bad, princess. Get over it. And uh, enjoy, enjoy what it is you got. So with that, I will catch you guys next time. And, uh, you know, I'm tired of dealing with these nasties and dealing with y'all at the same time. Really? Really? Y'all have a good one. I'll catch y'all later, man. Peace.